first stop dimers, next stop the world. Women can't, women can't, women can't, women can't parlay. Parlay nation. What? Oh. Nothing. I suck. Keep going. <laughs> Parlady Nation. What is up? Uh, we are physically present. <laughs> physically present. That is correct. Mentally, not so much, but we're fine. We'll figure it out. Wow. It's fine. We're all fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. But you know what? Everything is fine. You know why? Uh, well, it was a short week or it's going to be a short week and it's football season. Yes, that it's football season. College football was in full effect. We're going to get into that. Um, NFL starts on Thursday. We're going to get into that. All things are happening. Football is back. The world makes sense again. But we also have some large news Pretty from large. Women Can't Parlay today. Did a thing. We did a thing. We <laughs> have officially signed with a platform, the Dimers Network. And yeah. I can't believe it. <laughs> I can't really either. It's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, y'all. Like we have been doing this less than a year, and somebody wants us to be on their podcast network. Yeah, which is super cool and very much. I just keep waiting for them to call us and be like, hey, psych, just kidding. We thought you were someone else. <laughs> Whatever. No, we're not doing that. We're not being imposter-ridden females. Right. But You're we right. do have to celebrate. And I don't have champagne. Damn, what do you have? I All just right. have this and I'm pouring it into a champagne glass. Damn it, I'm not prepared. Hold on. I have two. I have two. I have one for you and one for me. We're just going to cheers. Cheers, everyone. Yeah, cheers. I'm I'm like, this is is for us, Rainy. I have champagne flutes and I'm cheersing them on for both of us on our behalf. But you drink whatever you got. And this is us. Um. I'll do a ranch water for um, Taco Tuesday. Tequila Tuesday. There we go. There we go. Why not? Who knew it was was fucking Tuesday? Not me. Oh, I'm not going to know tomorrow or Thursday that it's whatever day it's supposed to be. Yeah. Time is time is something very hilarious that just keeps (laughs) keeps getting more unmanageable. But this. Guys, we like we like have our first ad read. <laughs> We're soups professional, and are we like sellouts? Um, that, sure, I don't care. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't either. I think we yeah, can do it. So right. Anyway, yeah. So we have to like tell you all all the all the scoop about dimers.com, right? Like, I mean, before even like reading what we have to read legally. I'm just going to tell you that like, I've been following them for a while and like, they have a site that's like a platform. They have several podcasts on there that we are now a part of, but the site is basically just like a place to go for like a lot of different information, a lot of blogs, a lot of like daily picks, which that's where you're really going to want to check out because I've been following their picks and 
they win very often. And they usually have like three, like of their best picks for each different sport that's on that day. And then they'll kind of like toss them in a parlay. So, I mean, although we're not very like big on the parlay action, their parlays cash quite often for, you know, the odds of what they typically are. Um, But you can also play their picks individually. So that's, you know, I would definitely check those out. They have a lot of different, like, um, I really like their, so they have like a lot of like data simulation stuff, Mm. like for games and even like while the game is live. So that's pretty cool. They also is like, it's basically like a home base for like all the different major sports books. You can go on there and see like the exclusive promos that they have for like every sports book. And they're all pretty decent. So um, definitely check them out for sure. Check out our platform page, which is like our page with our podcast and our exclusive promos. And um, just to like give you the, the lowdown, dimers.com is a sports betting and culture website that provides daily betting insights and picks on all the pro and college leagues in the United States and the rest of the world. So not just the U.S. people all around the world, powered by data projection model that runs simulations on every single game 10,000 times. Yeah, checks and balances, people, checks and balances. Um, At Dimers, not only can you find the best bets to make, but you can find the best sportsbook odds for every single game, as well as links to all of our signup offers from the books who are literally fighting each other to get your business as a better. Also at Dimers are detailed guides on how to bet on sports and weekly feature articles focused on members of the community. Dimers.com should be your first stop if you're looking to turn your love of sports into a love of betting on sports. And I love that because so many people don't really understand right now that gambling is like this new thing that is growing and is such a huge market. And that what they said is exactly right. Every single sports book out there wants you as the consumer to sign up for their sports book and they want your action. So, so many sports books right now, because they're all competing with each other, are offering such great promos. And mm-hmm. Dimers is a place where you can go and check them all out in one-stop shop. And if you want to shop lines too, it's another place to do it because they're going to put them all out there for you. So, so many different reasons to go to Dimers. We are very, very, very excited to partner with them. And um, yeah, I'm anxious to see like where this goes. So cheers, everyone. Congrats to us, Rainy. <laughs> First stop, Dimers. Next stop, the world. There you go. Kidding. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> um, okay. So um, if you have any questions on that, please give us a shout out. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram at Women Can't Parlay. And Dimers is at Dimers.com. So D-I-M-E-R-S-C-O-M. And I believe they are also on Twitter and Instagram. And their website is Dimers.com. D-I-M-E-R-S.com. Okay, well, let's get into the meat of it uh, because we have a lot to cover. There was a lot of action this weekend, and I'm very excited to talk about all of it. But before we do get started, I did want to talk a little bit about 
a very tiny snippet of high school football, which was not on our prep sheet. So don't worry, Rainy. I'm not shocking you with anything. Um, Alan Eagles, which obviously if you're new here, we are from the North Texas area. So Allen, Texas is a very prestigious, like football school here in Texas, a high school football. Um, they who, um, have not lost a game in their state of the art, $60 million. Yes. Six Oh, $60 million high school football stadium were for the first time defeated on Friday in that home stadium, 41 to 20. Um, so that's kind of a crazy stat and um, crazy. Who did they play? Did you say it was, um, Atascacita. Okay. I mean, that's in Houston. I'm pretty sure. But so question to you, because didn't they just have a coaching regime change? They did. They did have a coaching change. And this coach who um, he was like the former SMU coach, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, First loss at Allen for coach Chad Morris, the former SMU and Arkansas head coach. That was a crazy loss that made all the headlines down here. So I just figured I would mention it because to build this like $60 million stadium in 2012, I mean, that's nearly 10 years not losing there. So that is crazy. That is crazy. Mm. But anyway, moving on from that college football, college football is back and it. I mean, and it's back in a way that it hasn't been before. And what I mean by that is like, (laughs) we were all just fucking kidding ourselves last season. Like watching this weekend was like, oh, wow. Like this is, this just hits fucking different. Like it is so back. Crowds were back. Stadiums were full. Oh my God. Like the, the. It was crazy to see. Like I'm, I'm sitting here thinking y'all this stadium probably hasn't been inspected for at least a year and we're just all loading in there and like jumping around if you will I'm like (gasps) oh my god yes and that's what I mean it's it's hard to know like I think there's a mix of both I think there's obviously a large part of it is COVID you know coming off of COVID that we're all just like enamored by this And it was all probably relatively the same. Like a few years ago, we just didn't appreciate it as much. But I also feel like these kids and like people have been cooped up for so long too, that like they went and they were like full throttle. So I think it's a big mix of both things, but it was just uh, unreal to watch. And it's so amazing. And like, I am just like here for it, I guess. Like I said, it living in a delusional land where like COVID doesn't exist, but I mean, it is what it is, right? Like these stadiums are open. People went, I'm going to appreciate it from my couch. So yeah, me too. I'm like, it beats the hell out of the fake crowd noises, which props to all the, you know, like AV team or whoever was in charge of all that shit, because it's not easy, but yeah. And I do think too, like, it's going to be interesting to watch like on Thursday and through the weekend or specifically on Sunday for NFL, because I think we're going to have a similar feeling in NFL, but I still feel like it's not going to be as like poetic as it was for college. Yeah. It's just, I agree. It's so different. Well, well, for sure. Especially because I mean, what two full like divisions opted out last year. So that's all of those oh, absolutely. teams that yeah. we never saw play. <clears throat> so like with NFL, it was just more like, 
the players, obviously, that we're missing out on from last year, but it's like there were no teams that didn't play or whatever. Yeah, definitely. So even just that small factor, I feel like changes so much. Agree. Oh, yeah. All of it. All of it. And I love that you like already referenced jump around because like the <laughs> jump around and the um, uh, Virginia Tech inner Sandman entrances yes. were like so epic. And again, I know these aren't new things, but they just were so different coming out of COVID. And I'm like, can we please put both of those things on our, like, on our bucket list of things that we'll probably never do, but we want to do. (laughs) Yeah. We'll see. Well, I'm not saying we do it tomorrow. I'm saying, I know. let's wait until, I mean, the stadiums A are inspected and B COVID (laughs) is maybe a thing of the past, or at least mostly a thing of the past. Yeah. But I'm just like, I feel like I need to experience both of those things. And I know know, there's like, there's so many other college entrances that are cool, but like those two just specifically stood out this weekend. I even made a poll about it and I was like, which one would you rather, which a lot of, I think the poll, like, um, Virginia tech's entrance obviously won, but the jump around thing is like, they're both amazing. I would love to experience either or both of them. I agree. It is super cool to watch, um, especially coming from a small school where like none of that was. Oh, yeah. Well, that's Um, like the one thing, not the one thing. That's like one of the many things I did wrong in life was like not really get my college career situation figured out. And I like started at a random school that didn't even have football and then (laughs) went to a community college then went to UNT who does have football, but were never really very good, at least not when I was there. So it's just like, I feel like I missed that whole thing, even though I've always been such a fan of college football. I don't know how I fucked that up so bad, but I just didn't want to pay for it. You know, like, yeah, yeah, totally. Um, but if I could go back, that's definitely something I should have done better. Well, Every, every choice we make gets us to where we are today, Jess. Oh yeah. Us dimers.com. Hello. What's up? Um, no, if I'm going to pick out of the two, I'm picking inner Sandman, obviously, but that's just because. Yeah, I I agree. I love both of those songs, but like inner Sandman to me was like totally my jam before every junior high basketball game. Nice. Yeah. So you got Miss Huffbauer to play this. No, my own self on the way. Oh. <laughs> and plus, like, we didn't did have her to be played. We didn't have her for anything, though. Oh, I thought she used to DJ the basketball games. Oh, like the actual bat. I mean, like junior high basketball games okay. on the way to. Somewhere. Okay, I get what you're saying now. You've got your your Walkman and your headphones on. Yeah, on my Walkman for sure. Yeah, I thought you were talking about player. like <laughs> I thought you were talking about when you were warming up in the gym. I feel like Dehoff used to be the one who like DJed the pregame. So I was like, how did you get her to play Metallica? Well, <laughs> totally. She definitely did that. I forgot about that. But as far as our intro goes before games, we made that every year. Yeah, I know. But, but I like when you're warming no, up, she'd play music. Well, yeah, but we were, I hope we weren't mean, but I think we were like, look, we'll make our intro like crowd friendly. If you like, play what we want to listen to before yeah. it worked out <laughs> clearly yeah you totally forgot four about that. state four state championships just rainy alone here like whoop. yeah um, the taps. yeah yes um so yeah i mean and also like speaking of like the inner sandman thing like 
I said that weird inter Sandman thing. Um, I do think jump, I think in inner Sandman, they jump around. So it's kind of like you're getting almost like a two for one and the songs like much, much more intense and like way cooler. So yeah, it's more, I'm with you. Like, yeah, I feel like it's more of a lead in whereas jump around to me would be like a touchdown song. Yeah. I'm also terrified every time that the stadium's just going to come crumbling down. One million bajillion percent. Like, I feel like my anxiety would go crazy, but I would be so drunk that I, it wouldn't be, but watching it from afar, I'm like, have a little bit of anxiety. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, so I, you know, just to get started, um, I've done very well on our college football picks. I think I ended up going, I think I'm like 13, five now on college football. So it's been well, I swept on Saturday, which was awesome. Nice. I'll talk about a few of those picks as we kind of go through um, the games, but um, this w- this has been a marathon. Like this started on Thursday, okay? Like Thursday through fucking Monday. Excuse me, and um, it did not slow down. Although, like Sunday and Monday, there was only one game each day, I think. But still, yeah. it was a lot. And Thursday night, starting us out, did not disappoint. Um, I will start out though, by saying like one of my losses, I think might've been like a little bet with your heart situation because I picked oh. Pulsa to win like minus 22 yeah. and they did not cover. They did not even win the game against fucking UC Davis of all places. Oh. Um, so Tulsa, not back Tulsa. Um, unfortunately I think they had a good season last season and I don't know that we're going to see it again this year. <laughs> and we had a, we had a special connection with the Tulsa golden hurricanes last year. So I guess maybe that one, I didn't pick very, uh, pick with my head so much. I don't know. Like looking <laughs> back, I feel like that was an obvious stupid pick, but I don't oh, know. Well. well, now, you know, our golden hurricanes have fallen and they're now like silver or bronze or yeah. something. <laughs> something. I don't know. So, uh, careful with that business. Um, but one of the bigger games that night was certainly UCF Boise state. Excellent, excellent game, kind of a back and forth, if you will. Um, but at the very end, Boise state's quarterback had like this terrible turnover. They needed a first down. He got the first down, but for some reason, like still tried to throw it as he was headed out of bounds. I think like to just like, get it to a receiver to get the touchdown and he ended up turning it over and UCF ends up winning the comeback 36 to 31. It was just like crazy because, um, Boise state like had that chance and they had gotten the first down, which is all they needed because they still had time to get the touchdown. Um, that hurts. Yeah, it was, it was a great game, but it was rough for, um, for Boise state. One of the central topics coming out of this full weekend of almost every game, I feel like, is targeting, which I think we'll just kind of save for the end of all of these. Um, We'll kind of get through the recap and then we'll talk about targeting because this is just going to be not a new topic, but it's just it was like a a big, big theme of every single game like game altering decisions here. So we'll try to talk about it a little bit, give our thoughts, but I mean, we could go through every single one of these game and be like targeting. There was targeting. There's a targeting call. And I just, we don't have time to break down every single targeting call. We just don't No. Um, 
but the very the actual big game of thursday was ohio state minnesota yikes um yeah i mean uh ohio state has some work to do to be honest yeah i mean especially being like national championship runner-up to come out of that to this was just like which right well and to be because wasn't their whole deal last year was everyone thought they didn't deserve the ranking they got I mean, people definitely were questioning it because they had only played like, what was it like seven games or nine games or something like that. Um, because, uh, the big 10, it didn't start until October or whatever. So they had very few games and then like, they got that, I think they got that like exception to get into the playoff, even though they only had the nine wins or whatever. And you need, you were supposed to need 10, yeah. Um, I hope I'm remembering all of that properly. Either um, way. We- but yes, you're absolutely correct. They had a lot of controversy going into the national championship last year. Um, we know they lost, you know, some people like uh, the obvious one being Justin Fields. Right. Uh, which he didn't play that great in the national championship. So, I mean, there's a lot of talk about like that. Um, this new quarterback, CJ Stroud, he certainly struggled and their defense is still not great. Um, but got to give it to Minnesota. Like they looked awesome yeah. and they should not be overlooked this year. Um, I think unfortunately for them, they're just not at the level of recruiting that Ohio state is obviously. Like, I mean, <laughs> Ohio state can sign whoever they fucking want, maybe second to Alabama, but you know what? And some, like- right. Yeah, it's exactly. So it's like, that's just one of those things where it's like, you know, Minnesota, they don't, they can't stand a chance to that. But for when you put, when you take that into consideration, they played amazing and could have won that game. I think too. For sure. Cause it's Uh, not like, like, what was it? 14, 10 at halftime. Yeah. Oh, it was a great game. I mean, it really never pulled away until the very end. If I'm remembering correctly. And once again, there was like two very large targeting calls at the end of this game that like, I think one was called targeting and one wasn't, but both one of them swung the momentum and the other one certainly could have too. And if both of them would have been in Minnesota's favor, which I don't think either of them were, yeah, or maybe one was and one wasn't, I can't, again, there's so much football. I can't remember everything. Um, you know, it certainly could have changed the outcome of the game. Absolutely could have. Yeah. I mean, um, it was only what two scores or whatever, 14, it was 45, 31. So, I mean, yeah. it definitely was the margin of victory was a lot larger on the score sheet than it was in the actual game. Yeah. For sure. But totally doable though. If those calls go a different way, yeah. then that easily can make that up. Absolutely. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, there's always that like, you know, oh, Ohio state because they're Ohio state, they get every call. I don't yeah. believe that always, but I definitely don't disagree that it doesn't happen sometimes too. Sure. Totally. So Ohio state's got some, got some cleanup to do there. Um, Oh, additionally, coastal Carolina appears to be back. Okay. Uh, they looked great. They beat Citadel uh, 52 to 14. So our, Beloved Chanticleers look like they may have another great season, although Citadel may not be the best like example. Um, We'll kind of have to see if, you know, if and when they play some like deeper competition, but um, they definitely look good. I mean, it was, I tried to watch the game. I think I was flipping back and forth between Ohio state at that point, or maybe even Boise state at that point. 
whoever covered or what am I trying to say? Broadcasted the, the coastal Carolina game. It was awful. Like it was so hard to watch. Uh, it was just not good programming at all. Yeah. Um, but once again, I think we, you know, definitely went into this last year, but it's like super impossible for me to ever watch a coastal Carolina game and not think of Rockadoodle. Oh, same. It's impossible. I mean, I took a, sent you a picture when we were in Myrtle beach this last oh, yeah, <laughs> and I was like, Oh, there's it's straight up there. I'm like, I can't look yeah. at that and be like, yeah, Chanticleer. I'm like, that's Rockadoodle. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. that's just probably for all of you new people who may be joining us or old that don't remember or didn't listen early last year. Um, that's just one thing we'll probably mention at minimum, at least once a year. <laughs> yeah. Minimum. Yeah. Rock a doodle Chanticleer. If you haven't seen the movie, watch it. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. <laughs> that is the Thursday recap. Um, moving into Friday, we had a few games. Um, the main one I would say being, um, UNC real rough look for UNC is particularly mm-hmm. for, their quarterback who is, you know, this widely talked about Heisman and draft hopeful Sam Howell. He did not live up to the hype, at least not this game. They lost to um, Virginia tech 17 to 10. You know, I want to say, I think he will improve. Like I do think, and I think this is going to be a theme for most of these games. Like everyone's so quick to adjust after game one, particularly in a betting world, where it's like, don't overreact. Okay. Like, right. Like everyone's, you know, kind of getting the rust off. And although there are certain powerhouses who I think, you know, should stand up to their hype because they have those D one recruits and like all this money and all of this, everything awarded to them and resources galore, but like, let be careful not to like immediately overreact to week one. Uh, right. when it comes to like betting and that kind of thing. Cause you can really like, you know, for me, for example, have like a great starting week one go 13 and five or whatever I said. And then like next week, just like blow it because I'm basing every decision off of everything that happened last week. Right. Um, sometimes they, they, it takes them a game or two to like get into the groove of things and then, you know, come out shocking the world. So there's, there's certainly room for that. So everyone take, you know, heed to that advice. So, um, another interesting thing about speaking of, of UNC Duke also played Charlotte and lost. So it was kind of interesting that like both the big powerhouses of North Carolina, Duke and UNC ended up losing and Charlotte was the reigning winner of the weekend for that state, or at least like the big names of that state, I would say. Um, although those are obvious basketball schools, but. Um, but I mean, UNC is supposed to be much larger of a footprint on the football. I mean, they have Mac Brown as a coach. Mm-hmm. Um, they've definitely had a lot of like QBs come through there. Um, our boy, Mitch Trubisky went there, um, or my, my boy, boy, maybe, <laughs> maybe more my boy, not even really my boy, but in our argument, I did have yeah. him back in our arguments last season, but, Which and then it'll change got, this year. Who knows? Well, I mean, he definitely looked good for the Bills that pre- he's been looking good for the Bills in preseason. So yeah, for I sure. Think he has more potential. But anyway, um, so yeah, this quarterback, you know, is supposed to be like Heisman hopeful. So I would assume 
we will see more out of him, but who knows? All right. So let's get into Saturday, um, which there's so much we can't cover it all. So I'm going to try to like do my best here to keep it moving. But um, first rattle out of the box. OU nearly loses to Tulane 40 to 35, Um, which like additional note, mind you, like Tulane, they are out of New Orleans. So like, Right. Not so only they're, is they're physically out of New Orleans because yeah. of what transpired last weekend. Exactly. So it's yeah. crazy that given all of their hardship that they're probably going through right now, OU also being like from a lot of the projections that I've seen being like the number one, like they are going to be our national championship this year to see them almost fall to Tulane, especially considering what Tulane is going through. And Considering yeah. they're not a great football program, like not to the extent of OU, right, um, right? That is super concerning for OU. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, again, like I just said, we need to try not to overreact here, but like that's definitely concerning. And OU is one of those programs at the stature where I don't give them as I don't give them as much credit to be like, oh, well, they can bounce back and they can correct yeah. in that, which I'm sure they will. But like, yeah. that's that's not good. Not a good look. No, not a good start. Yeah. Out of the gate. Moving on to Alabama, um, which to me, these were like some of the easiest bets I placed. I don't really like to be that person who's like, duh, of course, like easy money. (laughs) But Alabama, especially week one, I mean, just you can just never count them out. And they're just one of those teams where until like, I mean, literally until Nick Saban like dies, I mean, you can basically bet on Alabama every fucking game and you will make your money. Like they are going to be above 500 in their win loss columns. So um, the fact that people were even like doubting Miami, I mean, I'm sorry. The fact that people were even doubting Alabama was funny to me. I just felt like the bets were very easy. I took Alabama first half minus 10 and minus 19 and a half for the game yeah. and e- both very yeah. easy caches. Um, but I mean, considerable reasoning for people to not take them because they lost their, they lost the Heisman trophy winner yeah. first round running back quarterback, cornerback, um, three O linemen that ended up being drafted MVP is <laughs> the national championship top assistant coach. And they didn't fucking miss a beat. And that's why Nick Saban is Nick Saban. And that's why Alabama is Alabama. They literally are in a refresh year, had to basically recreate like very, very integral parts of their team. And they did it. And Miami is like not someone to be overlooked either. Like they're a pretty good team. Like they're ranked like 14th, 15th, something like that. I mean, I know that's preseason rankings. And I think we've found a lot of holes in that already, but they're yeah, definitely not a team to be overlooked either. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to Alabama, I mean, there's just not, not much you can no. do there. So no. um, also the turnover chain was in full effect, even though they were losing. Um, I thought it was so hilarious that at one point when they're down like 27 points, they got a turnover, bust the chain out wearing the chain and then the call was overturned and they have to put the chain like back in the fucking box or the whatever you call that secure box um but i i love miami's antics i i I can't not 
like laughing. Yeah, that's hilarious. Actually. Oh. <laughs> um, I love it. Um, the next one of the next bigger games that night was Georgia Clemson. Oof. This game was wild yeah. <laughs> and honestly pretty fucking ugly. Yeah. Um, so ugly. Yeah, two unbelievable defenses. Um, not one offensive touchdown was scored. Yeah. Uh, which is so crazy, crazy, right? So crazy. Well, especially yeah. considering Clemson, like what? So yeah, definitely nuts. Georgia ended up winning 10 to three, which I think Clemson was favored, but I think everyone kind of knew like this was going to be a toss up game. Georgia had a lot of hype going into it, but mm-hmm. I really had faith in our boy DJ. Yeah, I know. And he didn't play that great at all. Yeah. I feel like their QBs kind of both got just like crushed. Um, yeah, they definitely both struggled. That's for sure. A weird little stat, but this game was only the third time this century that teams that were ranked in the top five preseason have actually met each other in week one. Oh, that's an interesting. That yeah, is interesting. Third time in the century. Well, and I think that's what was like a big thing too about not only like week zero and week one, but like the fact that there was like conference matchups, you know, usually you don't really see that, or at least as much of that in the first weeks, whereas we've seen a lot of that. So like, we're really just kicking things off and getting into it. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, I'm enjoying the fuck out of it. So yeah, seriously. Well, this is another, which I know this was a defensive game for sure, but like, we really got to be able to get out of that if you're Clemson, but that game was also the first time that Clemson was held scoreless in the first 30 minutes since 2010. Dang. So I like believe Clemson that. didn't score any points 30 minutes into the game. Yeah. Zero. Like, oh yeah. Well, and they ended up only getting a field goal through the entirety of it. So yeah. it's like nuts. Yeah. It's so crazy. Prayers to all the over betters on that game. Yeah, I was like, I'm staying the fuck away from this game. Like I knew going into it, it was going to be a battle looking back on it, which I mean, again, that's a stupid thing to say. Cause it's like looking back on any game after you watch it, sure. it's like, duh, but <laughs> looking back and like seeing the defense, it's like, yeah, everyone should have known that was going to be an under, but I was like, I am not touching mm-hmm. that fucking game Yeah, because there was just too many factors that were all hype. And a lot based on last season. And I don't really like to read into that too, too much. Yeah. Um, And this is why, like everyone was like, DJ Uyangalale is going to kill it. And although I, I don't, I'm not like, I'm not going to be one of those people that's like, oh, he had one bad game. I'm tossing him to the wind and forever disavowing him. But I just was like, we did see him come alive last last season when Trevor Lawrence had COVID, I think it was against like Notre Dame, that big game. But I mean, we still need to see where he's at, you know? So I was not fucking touching that with the Tim. No, good call. Good call. I think, I mean, again, there's so much more for Saturday, but that's all the big games I really wanted to talk about. Yeah. I did want to mention that I put out a fair warning to all of our Twitter followers that I don't think, UTSA should be like, um, underrated this year, mm-hmm. which I know they're a small program, um, FBS school, but they have 21 of 22 returning players from last season. Important. Last season, they went seven and five, which most of those opponents were nobodies, but 
They only lost to BYU by like a fucking touchdown, I think, which is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. And now this week, like they beat Illinois. And I don't, I don't know that Illinois is so much as good as people think coming out of that Nebraska game versus mm-hmm. Nebraska is just really that bad. Yeah. But Illinois is still a Big Ten school. Like they're not like, I mean, against some a team like UTSA, everyone looks at that as a layup. And that's kind of all I was really saying in my tweet is like, don't look at UTSA as a layup. I think they will surprise the fuck out of everyone. Yeah. I wish I would have had the balls to like bet them to not only win, but at least cover. Yeah. I knew it was going to be an offensive battle because UTSA has like this all-American running back and their quarterback's great. And he can not only throw pretty decent, but he's a runner, like big time runner. And based on the game with Nebraska, I knew Illinois would be a pretty offensive heavy battle, not so much in the defense realm. So I took the over safe bet. They killed the over like way above what the line was. I think the over was 50 and they went well above like 65 in the, in the total. So um, I just want to say again, as we move through the season, if your team is playing UTSA and you're not fucking like Alabama, <laughs> obviously they're not playing, but I just mean, don't like, let's be careful on our win totals. Cause I don't think that they should be considered a fucking layup. Yeah. Fair, fair the, argument. The road runners out of San Antonio <laughs> coming at you. So yeah, on Sunday we had, um, a big game, Florida state, Notre Dame which Notre Dame ended up winning in overtime. It was a great game. Um, Notre Dame won 41 to 38, but I really blame a lot of this on the coach for multiple reasons, but the main one being that he iced his own fucking kicker. And then they, the kicker ended up missing the second one and gave Notre Dame a chance to go down, kick a full field goal and win the fucking game. Um, it was wild. And I was like, that's some Jason Garrett shit right there. God damn it. (laughs) I know. I was like, I'll never forget when we iced our own fucking kicker and lost, but, um, not to get into Cowboys talk just quite yet. Uh, (laughs) uh, but although Notre Dame was able to score, they really didn't look that great considering the year they just came off of either. So we kind of have this theme of a trend with maybe exception of Alabama, everybody else is kind of like, Ooh, like those top big teams from last year really did not look great. Week one. Um, Florida state was able to hang in there, but the real story coming out of this game is McKenzie Milton, who is, um, you know, Florida state started their quarterback, Jordan Travis, but ended up having to put in McKenzie Milton, who, Um, he is a quarterback who actually played for UCF in, in 2018 suffered what suffered from what, like everyone assumed was not only a career ending knee injury, but like, they didn't even know if he was like going to walk again, like damn near I said, knee injury, full blown leg injury. I don't know why I said knee injury because they like thought he was maybe going to lose his entire leg. Yeah. Terrifying. Like it was bad, bad, bad. I think a lot of people will remember that. And like, even after his like initial surgeries and everything ended up developing like an infection that yeah. set him back even more. So just like probably one of the greatest comebacks of 
all time in football. I feel like, I mean, I'm sure there's some to be argued, but like, this is definitely up there. Um, he ends up coming out and like really making plays happen. Just an awesome, awesome story. And this guy actually, he comes from Hawaii. So like even crazier because most, you know, quarterbacks like that, like you don't hear of coming from the state of Hawaii, uh, but he's like yeah. friends with Tua and like, it's even like what more Cute. interesting because Tua had like a wild, crazy leg injury story as well that he yeah. recovered from. True that. That's crazy. Yeah. So, um, just a lot of like, that was, that game was like very heartfelt and like FSU played so hard. And like, that was a great crowd pageantry situation there too. And just like this McKenzie Milton story is so nuts that it's almost like you hate that they lost the game, yeah. especially the way that they fucking lost it. Yeah. God. what a nightmare. Um, Also was the first home game since Bobby Bowden's death. Um, Long time Florida state head coach who passed away early August from, I think cancer. I think mm. like, I think it was one of those like pancreatic cancers where it's like God, he so found bad. out and like announced it in July and then like died a month later. God, um, yeah. Um, so I think that's the main rundown of like all the games that are most important to talk about a lot of the main headlines. I don't know if you had anything else or if I missed anything that you had. I mean, that Penn state game was interesting. Um, yeah. Rough look for Wisconsin there. Um, and I think a lot of people were doubting Penn state's qu- quarterback. I can't, his name's escaping me. But yeah, no, that was also also a big game. Um, But I guess we can have like a conversation about these targeting calls. Um, I don't even know where to start because there were so many. Oh, well, I didn't, I didn't put the Ole Miss game. Ole Miss Louisville played last night. Ole Miss won. Um, I didn't put it on the list because I just didn't find that it was like one of the most important games to run through, but there was a big targeting call in that game too last night. Like literally every game is like targeting, targeting, targeting. So, so do you see, do you see more of them than not being like, this is getting really annoying or do you see, you know what I mean? Like, does it swing one way or another where it's like, okay, this is getting ridiculous. Or is it like, okay, yeah, that needed to be called. Or is it kind of down the middle? So it's tough because for me, It's just getting to a place where I'm like, look, I am all for player safety. I really, really am. But we also have to remember that they're still playing fucking football. Okay. And there's people who want to argue like, oh, you should be penalized differently for like the intent of it all. And I get that there's sometimes when you like know the intent, but like, to me, that's such a subjective thing to like, I don't know how you can do that. So I'm really tired of hearing that narrative as well. I think too, the biggest problem with everything is when you're talking about a football hit, a tackle, a block, whatever it is that we're discussing, you take that view of somebody and you put it on the slow motion jumbotron 86 times back and forth and back and forth. Everything looks like targeting. Everything, everything looks bad because it's football. The point is to fucking tackle him to the ground. Like it looks bad. It really does. And when it's in slow-mo, it totally takes out of consideration, like how fast they're moving and how fast they actually have to be thinking in that moment to have done what they did. Yeah. Yeah. It's so instinctive that 
so many of these, I don't think are ever intentional too. So like, I don't really understand that argument. I, I do think that they're trying with certain rules about, you know, lowering the head and that kind of thing. And I don't know whatever happened to guys just fucking wrapping up. Like, where did that go? Like, what do we do that anymore? Ever? Like, I know. Everybody's too fast, too strong. It's true. And, and, and I mean, obviously these type of hits make a larger impact than the wrap up, but I do feel like we're getting to a place where it's just getting wildly ridiculous and I don't know how they're supposed to play. I just don't No, I'm with you on that. It's tough, but I think we're going to continue to see it. It's definitely a very large, large theme of these games. So yeah. Look forward to that, J fucking K. <laughs> not to be confused with your initials. Yeah, not to be confused with me. Um, anyway, anything else on that or college? Mm. All right. Um, I guess we'll move into the NFL because it is week one. And I'm so excited. <laughs> Although it's hard to be excited right now. Obviously, I think we'll talk about this more in our final hard knocks episode that we will put out. But um, you'll probably listen to that before this, also, mind you. Um, but we as Dallas Cowboy fans are the season opener week one against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <sighs> a little more disheartened right now because Zach Martin is potentially going to be out for the game. And let me just be clear, Zach Martin as our best player out on the team. Like yeah. I, I mean that <laughs> above Zeke. I mean that above fucking CeeDee Lamb, Dak, you name it, Zach yeah. Martin, we cannot lose him. And we fucking learned that wholeheartedly yes. last season. Yes, we did. So um, we need him and yeah. we definitely need him against Tampa Bay. Yes. Um, but I think people are being a little quick. He's not officially out yet. Okay. He has COVID. So um, the protocol stands that as long as he is not showing symptoms, and can test t- negative twice before the game, he is allowed to play. And he, I believe, is vaccinated. So that is on our side. And we all know Jerry is pumping his ass full of every single, uh-huh. every single IV immune boosting liquid to oh, get this shit yeah. rocking out of his system. If there's an antibody out there, it's in Zach Martin's body right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right they now. probably have him in a sauna 24 seven, just like feeding him with IV liquids, immune boosters, and just sweating, like wearing yep. a sweater, no just doubt. like Zach. We're just letting science do their work here. Yep. Just let it happen. Just let it happen. <laughs> yeah. Cause God only knows what Jerry has like Zach Martin doing right now. I would love oh, to know. I would love oh, me to too. And I'm, and I'm very okay with it. I'm like, I take back all the McDonald's jokes, the salt jokes, all the damn things. Yeah. Jerry like, might want to hop in the sauna with him and get some of the sodium out of his fucking system. Probably is. He's like, hard knocks, come join us in here. Yeah, I know. I'm anxious to see if we get any glimpse of this into the episode tonight. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously I don't think they're going to show us like some of the things we just mentioned, but you know, it's going down. Yeah, it definitely (laughs) is. And I couldn't be happier to have Jerry Jones as our GM and owner right now. Yeah. (laughs) These are the reasons we love Jerry. He will stop (laughs) at no cost, no end, anything he can do to make something happen. He's going to do so. Yeah. He'll, he'll fly that heli anywhere to get Zach Martin, what he needs. Oh yeah. Turn back. Zach Martin anywhere he needs. Like, where do we got to go? What do we got to do? Yep. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, the line right now for the bucks, uh, for Cowboys bucks is eight Cowboys, obviously the underdog. It's a little high. Um, it's especially, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm saying it's a little high in terms of like, if Zach Martin is out, I think you definitely have to take the bucks. Yeah. If Zach Martin is in, I, I still probably will take the bucks or would take the bucks if it's around like the seven area. But when you get outside of those football numbers, it gets a little yeah. trickier. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I'm going to touch this game at all. I kind of being a Dallas Cowboy fan, yeah, I, don't I don't really like ever it. say to trust some of our picks there. Um, so I may stay away from this game, but I was going to leave people with a couple of things that I saw that I thought were interesting. There are in some sports books, they have Tampa Bay to win both halves is at plus plus one sixty. If you're somebody who's really just like Dallas sucks, Tampa's going to walk all over them. That to me is a great value for you. Um, there's also team to score last touchdown at plus 100 for the Cowboys. I like that because if Dallas is in a pressure need to win situation where maybe Dak struggles at the beginning of the game, I know Dak and this is how the Cowboys operate. They always try to like work in the fourth quarter and do the comeback thing. I think that is a huge value there too, because I think that's a very like likely scenario. Um, It doesn't mean that they're going to win, but they're certainly going to scramble to try. So don't hate it. Don't hate it. (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't either. Um, and then I think to cap it off, we'll just kind of run through some of the games this week and see like where we're at instinctually. Um, I think with first week games, it's kind of funny because like, it's so hard to pick because you're like, I just don't know what every team's going to do. And I think that's fair and true. But another side of that is, you know, who else doesn't know what these teams are going to do? The people who set the lines, Vegas doesn't know what these teams are going to do. So you can really find a lot of value in some of these lines that aren't like accurate if yeah. you do, if you do your research. So keep that in mind to like, not necessarily be so scared week one. Cause after week one, you're going to adjust, but so is Vegas. Um, so first game Cardinals Titans uh, Cardinals are the underdog at a plus three. Um, I instinctually really like the Titans there. Like Me I too. really, really like that game. Um, I feel like the Titans are going to be really good this year. Cardinals definitely made some moves. They got, you know, JJ Watt, Kyler Murray. I don't think they're going to be bad, but I am surprised that line is so small actually. Yeah. I mean, I think that is what they're factoring in for the Cardinals. If I had to guess, definitely, definitely, but I'm with you. I instinctually feel Titans. So, um, next game, Jaguars, Texans. There's also a line of three here. The Jaguars are the favored team here. That sounds insane. It sounds insane, but I get it. And I also think that 
this is also another small line. I I don't think that I I don't know how the Texans are going to operate this season. I don't either. Yeah, so I truly don't. I'm taking the Jags there. I mean, obviously I am too, because I would feel like an idiot if not, but I'm almost interested to see like the shit storm. Oh, I'm interested to see storm. all of it. All yeah. of it. Yes. Yeah. Next game, Chargers, Washington football team. So this line is um at one. Like oh. Washington being the underdog at a plus one. Yeah. That line is way too small for me. Yeah. I think they are giving Washington way too much credit here. Although Washington's defense is great and I'm not taking away from that. Their offense is hardly proven anything. I mean, we love Fitz magic. We are a Fitz magic loving podcast. Yes. However, he's really not a big, like long passer. Like he's, short and sweet, which can be great. But I think the chargers minus one is a steal. Yeah. Like a large steal. And I'm surprised. I'm like, am I missing some update of the chargers being out on COVID or something? Like, I know why is it only, this is where the research comes in. Um, and to be clear, I probably should have said this before we got started. I have not sat down to cap any of these games. So whatever we say is purely instinctual off of what we know um, these are not our official picks. I will put our official picks out on Twitter or Instagram. We're just having a discussion on what we think as yes. we kind of like walk through the preview for this weekend. Um, also, I don't think I mentioned earlier now that I'm thinking about it. I did hear today that like Georgia has COVID issues. So be careful betting that game as well. I don't know how I don't know how bad it is, but I did hear that, and I think COVID's going to be another theme along with targeting yes. this football season. So. Yeah, definitely. So get ready; it's already happening with the Cowboys. Yeah. Um, next game: Vikings, Bengals. The Vikings are the favorite team at three and a half. Um, that's tough. I'm interested to see what the Bengals do this year with their boy back, but yeah. I don't know that they're going to be ready week one. Yeah, I agree. Joe Burrow is back and that will definitely be exciting to watch hopefully. Um, but I'm taking the Vikings there. Yeah. I'm with you. Um, the next game jets, Carolina is the next game and the jets are the underdog at plus five and a half. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, it's tough. I, I don't, I, I think Carolina it's hard because I'm not so sure of what all Carolina is going to have going for them, but I just don't I know. I think the jets are going to have another shitty year. I do, but I just, I honestly have question marks in my mind kind of with, I don't know, just off of what we know and just based off of last year. Yeah. I'm going with Carolina for sure. Yeah. Um, maybe we'll be surprised. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I'm not giving the jets enough credit, but I'm taking Carolina there. I mean, I don't think they're going to be as bad as they were last year. Like I think the Texans That's are going to be hard. new jets. Yeah. Well, true that, but it is possible. Um, but anyway, I don't know. Yeah. As always, I say this 50,000 times an episode, but I am interested to see <laughs> for the yeah. first time in my life, what the jets fucking do this year. <laughs> right. Interested to see what happens there for sure. Um, Eagles Falcons, the Eagles are the underdog at a plus three and a half. There's part of me that's wondering if like, not that I'm saying the Eagles are going to do anything relevant, but I do think that I might be like not giving them enough credit. Sometimes I think yeah. a lot of people might be doing that. 
I think they're a team that could surprise people. And I don't really know that I think the Falcons are going to do fucking anything. I know. I always have that feeling about the Falcons. I almost don't hate the Eagles as the underdog here. I don't either. Um, But it's hard too, because they've gone through a lot of shit. Right. And they are coming off of a, they have a lot of new things coming together that you just never know if that's going to fall into place. But right. I, I don't hate them as the underdog in this situation. Yeah, I agree. Um, big game next, next. I am very interested to watch this game. <laughs> uh, I think this might be one of the biggest games of the week. Steelers bills. Um, yeah. Steelers are the underdog on a plus six and a half to the bills. That's a hard one. Yeah. Cause Wait, like that again, the Steelers are the underdog at plus six and a half. So are the, are the bills going to win by a touchdown or more? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I love the bills. I'm rooting for the bills and obviously I hate the fucking Steelers. So I'm not saying that I want the Steelers to win, but I think the yeah. Steelers are being, I think people are definitely riding the Steelers off way too fucking quick. Like that plus and a half shocks the fuck out of me. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not necessarily riding the Steelers off this year yet, but I don't feel like they're going to start out this year. Like they did last year, but yeah, that's just my feelings really like literally. And I mean, starting any year off 11 and oh, no matter how good you are, is tough to replicate. So yeah, I think that's a safe play. Yeah. But I just don't know why I'm getting that on Twitter a lot too, because I picked them to win the AFC North in our, in our thing. Yeah. And I'm getting so much shit for that. And I'm like, really? Yes. And I'm like, listen, I'll take the shit for it. But like, I don't get why people are so quick to write them off. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm interested because I really haven't heard much about it one way or another, to be honest. And like, like, I think we talked about this last episode, like that's a tough fucking division. Yeah. I know the Ravens are kind of like getting riddled with more bad news, like every day now, but I think (laughs) they're still fucking favored. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, because they also still have some fucking. Yeah. They have a lot of depth. They, they definitely do. But I do think that might not be a bad future to place right now is either the Steelers or the Browns to win the division. Yeah. Um, just because the Ravens seem to be getting hit with a lot, but that doesn't mean they can't recover. Yeah. I mean, I think they're that one guy's coming back like in September at some point. So Dobbins, Damn. no, not Dobbins. Yeah, I, I was like, his was season. His is season in, ending, but there's another yeah. guy that's out that I think is returning sometime in September. And I can't, no, I think you're right. Um, but anyway, I don't know. I almost like the Steelers. Well, it's hard because I, when I look at it, I think the bills are going to win. Yeah. But it's <laughs> but like, you know, are, are they going to yeah. win by more than a touchdown? I don't know. Or by at least a touchdown. Did you say it's six and a half or is it seven and a half? It's seven and a half. Six and a half. No, six. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Fuck it. I'm going with the bills. Yeah. I don't think, I don't hate it. I think that's a tough one. I may stay yeah, away it from it. I don't know. I think it um, is too, but I'm very, I'm super excited to watch that game. Like, yeah, that's one of my also, like, big yeah. games of the week that I'm really pumped to watch. Yeah. Cause something else that, you know, we kind of are ignoring right now because COVID doesn't exist is like the bills had quite a bit of controversy with vaccination with Beasley yeah. and all that type of stuff. So who really knows how much that plays into 
these relationships and whatever, you know what I mean? That, right. could, that could completely throw some shit off, especially. Yeah. Locker room, locker room drama. Absolutely. Like, you never want locker room drama. And they certainly have some of that going on, at least in a particular area. You're definitely right about that. So yeah. great so we'll point. See. Great point. I don't know. We'll see. I think if you're asking me right this second, I'm taking the Steelers, but I may stay away from that game just because I don't like it. Yeah, I don't like it either. Um, Next, Seahawks, Colts. Um, The Seahawks are favored at a minus two and a half. I'm going with Seahawks. I think I'm definitely going with Seahawks there too. I think this is the season for the Seahawks to either like prove themselves or like get slaughtered or die. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm so tired of the Seahawks being mediocre and everyone being like, this is their it's year. So yeah, yeah. No, totally with yeah. you. But I, but against the Colts with Carson Wentz, I'm fucking fine taking the Seahawks <laughs> minus two and a half. We all know how I fucking feel about Carson Wentz. And if you don't know, just listen to her tone right now. Yeah, I'll if take I'll take up, the Seahawks all day, twice a day, twice on Sunday, whatever. Two and a half, <laughs> minus two and a half. Maybe that's yeah. a two unit play for me. I don't know. <laughs> Um, next 49ers lions, uh, 49ers minus seven and a half, the favorite team. Ugh, I, seven and a half. I think the 49ers can pull that off against the Lions. That's, that's who I want to go with. Also, I just literally, who are the lions? Like, yeah, I have- exactly. I can't tell you like hardly any moves that the lions have made that are good. So yeah. I'm like, I just don't know that I'm ready to put any faith in them. So yeah, I like, made some decent moves for like next year draft. <laughs> right. I, uh, I just, um, yeah, I, I've got to go with the 49ers there. I think yeah. and I've said, I think people are also not taking into account that the 49ers are a solid team that were riddled with injuries last year. That oh my is God, riddled. They're going to be a completely different team this year. Couldn't I think this is a prime example of where, Vegas is setting the line very conservatively that I think that that 49ers play is a, is a decent play. Yeah, I agree. Um, Browns chiefs, um, Browns are the the under, but yeah, Browns are the underdog at a plus six. I'm excited to see what the Browns bring to the table. They showed us something last season. I don't know that they're going to do necessarily like abundantly better, but they were not bad last year at all. I mean, Agreed. they did very, very well. They're just, again, in a very heavy division. Yeah. So I'm taking the Chiefs there just because it's the fucking Chiefs. And until Patrick Mahomes proves that he can't just like make fucking miracles happen on the football field, I have yeah. to take the Chiefs. Broncos. A- giant. Oh, what'd you say? Nope. nope. Go ahead. I just was really in my head about something. Don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> uh, Broncos giants, uh, Broncos are favored at a minus three. Interesting. Yeah. This is a tough one because yeah, I literally don't know what the fuck is happening with. I don't team. either. Yeah. I feel like there's question marks on both sides of the ball here, but more so on the Broncos, I think. Yeah. Um, this might be an underdog that I don't hate, but it's yeah. also kind of a long, like not a long shot, but like it could go either way. Yeah. And when games like that happen, I'm like, I don't mind taking the underdog because then you're in the plus money. So it's right. like, that's that's why the only reason I'm leaning more giants, but that doesn't, I don't know. No, well, I agree. And also I need to do a, more, I need to do more digging on me that. too. Cause like if we have a healthy Saquon Barkley, 
Mm. Look the fuck out. I don't care yeah. what Denver's doing. But exactly. Um, so great point. Packers Saints. Packers are the favorite team at a minus four. Gross. Um, this matchup is in Jacksonville. So the Saints are displaced. So it's oh, yeah. supposed to be a home game for the Saints, but they're playing in Jacksonville. I think the Saints are going to be better this year, but I really, I feel like I can't not take the Packers in this. Situation. I know. I hate that so much, but that's. Especially crazy. with what the Saints are going through right now. That's right. tough. Like, yeah, if they use all of this for the best and just fucking amp it up like Tulane, but like multiply that a few. Yeah. They could absolutely win this game. I'm not saying that they can't win it, but I'm, I just don't think. I, I can yeah. I agree with you, but I think it's unlikely and I'm taking the Packers. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Dolphins Patriots. The Dolphins are the underdog at a plus three. This is a hard one. That is a hard one. But I feel like I have to go Patriots just because it's Bill Belichick. Mac Jones has something to prove. And the Dolphins, they sound like they're kind of in almost a disarray. And I think it's Tua's, it's Tua's like spot to like shine and win and like prove us all wrong. But when it, well, this comes down to coaching and I have to take Bill Belichick over, yeah. um, oh, Brian Flores. Yeah. I mean, Brian. I almost said Bruce Arians, Brian Flores. Thank you. Those Florida guys. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. That's a, that's a tough one to oh. me. That game completely becomes like if whichever team gels with itself the most, like if all of their particles connect, that's mm-hmm. the team that's going to win because I feel like they're both in this, like, weird spot (laughs) yeah no i i agree i mean they they both have things they're figuring out yeah and if one of them figures it out then yeah i think they could easily win by three especially if the other team doesn't right um but that could be a great game if they you know if either of them figure it out or don't you know like for sure that could be a good one yeah um Next bears Rams bears are the underdog at a plus seven and a half. That one's hard because I know they're going to start fucking Andy Dalton. And that makes me want to hammer the Rams like so hard. Yeah. I just, it's so difficult to know what the bears coaches are going to do. Like, I think they're going to give Andy Dalton at least one game. I think this is going to be very similar to what they did with Trubisky last year. They're going to give him a game or two. And the second he fucks up, they're putting in fields and they're going to be like, we gave you your chance. Yeah, for sure. Now I don't think that's going to happen game one, unless it's just so drastically bad. Yeah. That's fair. seven and a half is a lot, but because they're playing Andy Dalton, I don't hate it. Yeah, I know. Like this may be one that I don't play, but if I'm, if you're asking me, I lean Rams here right now. I do too. And then Monday's game, finally, there's only one game on Monday this year for opening week. It is Ravens Raiders, which is not a bad game. Yeah. Um, I think that'll be a good matchup, especially for a Monday night. It is Ravens minus five and a half. So the Raider, the Ravens are the favorite team above the Raiders. Hmm. That is crazy too, because I feel like the Raiders are that team every year where they start out so hot. Yeah, and then they just fall fizzle. fucking apart. Yeah, true. So that. that makes me, especially with the Ravens and how, like, what they're going through, it makes me want to take the Raiders there. Like a perfect timing situation of, um, yeah, 
And not that the Ravens aren't going to be good. I just, and I'm not that the Raiders won't prove us once again, that they're going to implode, right. but they usually start out very strong. Yeah, no, you're right. And I like that underdog there. I kind of do. All right. So, okay. Well, like we said, those are not our official picks. Those are just our leans for right now instinctually with, you know, not much research at all. (laughs) We will post the official plays on Twitter before the games. So check that. Um, I think that's going to be it for today. Very exciting week. Football is back. Can't say it enough. I'm super excited that we are joining dimers.com. Once again, don't forget to check them out. Anything else before we go? I don't think so. All right. Well, obviously this is the last week of hard knocks leading into opening game Thursday. So if you haven't checked out our hard knocks episode, it should already be posted. So go listen to that as well. We'll be signing off and checking you later. Goodbye. Goodbye. Women can't, women can't, women can't, women can't parlay.